I'm Jordan Ferguson. And I'm Kate McKinnon. And you are listening to the Geek Down Podcast. What's up, y'all? Welcome back to another fantastic episode of the Geek Down Podcast. This is a show where two friends sit in front of microphones and try to find the sweetest spots where their fandoms intersect. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I am in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, and joining me on the other line, lounging in the satellite branch in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, terrifying me to death, it is your girl, Caitlin McKinnon. Yeah! She is very amped today, y'all. I am amped as fuck. (laughs) Good lord, this is episode 242 of the Geek Down Podcast. I clinked my coffee mug in commemoration. <laughs> no, I, yeah, I liked that. It was like a little stir. Episode, I can clink stuff too. Episode 242. If you would like to go back and listen to all of our other 241 episodes, you go wherever you get your audio content. Google. Oh, oh, I see. I lost oh. it. I lost it. Mm. Oh. SoundCloud, Spotify, Google, Apple Stitcher. I think that was... Yes! Approximating. Mm. Wow. Wherever mm. you get your audio content, go there. Click follow, like, subscribe, rate, and review. All that business. And henceforth, new episodes of this podcast will be brought to your device on the back of a rainbow main alicorn named Philip by your man's Chauncey Frostilicus, the third. Geek down in red elf. What's his theme song, Kate? Um, oh, see, see, see. <laughs> she said she said it last week. You thought we were joking. You thought no, it was just a bit. You thought Kid Canary Brain wasn't really a thing, but it was. It's literally gone. Can I tell you the average price listed on a home on the Hamilton housing market? Sure I can. Do I know Chauncey's theme song? No, I do not. Who's that guy? It's Chauncey. Oh, yeah, that was good. Just be gone again and be already gone. Well, friends, you just got a, you just got an insight into what's going on in Kate's life. If you want to uh, ask us about any of our lives, you can hit us up on twitter.com slash geekdownpod. That is where the show lives. If you would like to support this endeavor financially, do not. Nope. Save your dimes because in a million years, you can also afford a home on the Hamilton housing market. But if you already have a house in Hamilton, <laughs> have $3 <laughs> lying around. Hey, you can kick it over to ko-fi.com slash geekdownpod, buy us a coffee. We always yeah. appreciate it. We do love our caffeinated beverages. I really, yeah. I'm just, I'm going to take some more of that sweet, sweet tea drag. Mmm, <laughs> you make it sound so appetizing. Have some tea drag, y'all. Hey, you know what? It's got the most caffeine. It's like a punch to your face and it has sugar. Woo! What else could you possibly need? So, uh, has not been announced on Mike yet. Kate just dropped that for y'all. Uh, Kate and senior correspondent are now looking at a home in Hamilton. I know. It's going well, as you can tell. (laughs) I just, it's such a weird, it's that weird evolution from I'm always going to be poor to like, oh, I'm in a position to possibly buy a home. Or like I, I always thought I thought I was gonna rent until, you know, I was left some money from my parents dying and possibly could afford a condo. Dead like parents that. financial plan. <laughs> Why about a mattress <laughs> anywhere else? Oh, good times. <laughs> um, so I, that's legitimately 
legitimately what I thought. Now, I don't want to go too much into it for like personal financial yes. reasons. Um, but we're basically got kicked some money as like a life investment, but also an investment for someone so that eventually when we sell a house, we can give them their principal plus a percentage. And that is literally the only reason why we can do this. And the only reason I'm saying that is because I think there's this sort of like perception, like in the same vein of like, just pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Oh yeah. This was not a bootstrap. Uh, <laughs> this is not the result of bootstrapping no. y'all just, no, there was, there was, there was no, there was no chance of doing this without getting the basically it's like a small business like the starting capital yeah. like it's the same it's the issue i have with like in princess and the frog why the rich guy who tian has known her whole life doesn't loan her the money to kickstart her restaurant like it's you know and it's and this specific, idea specific reference <laughs> well it, it tries me nuts once somebody pointed that out i was like yeah what an awful white person um but uh, I just – I don't want the perception to be like, oh, they can do it. Why can't I? Because we couldn't do it, period, like, <laughs> like exclamation point. Um, there was there was no doing this on our on our own, and I don't want that to be a – you know. It's like when, when, you know, writers who are living off family money, people ask them how they've had time yeah. to write. It's only a – if only I had the time that this person did. Meanwhile, they got a, some grant from the government and or and not even a grant. Like some like like you know, someone's married to someone who's really well off, so they don't have to work full time, right? Or you know, literally like family money, right? Like they're they come from wealth, so they can spend the time writing. It's this sort of idea that again, you know, you save your pennies, you you just work really hard, and that's all bullshit. However. Putting that aside, we're now in this weird world of like the 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 future of being home homeowners. It's really fucking weird. <laughs> it's just it's a it's a new world, a very strange experience. I probably won't talk about it much um, unless we do find a house and I have to move, and I probably will talk about that. But if you have questions, I guess I can help. Or you can ask and I can talk about it some more. But really, it's just it's just a weird adult thing that, yet again, no one ever taught us. <laughs> and so it's all scary and, you know, slowly you get to know what's going on. And, yeah, that's sort of, that's sort of what's going on. And just listeners, just so you're aware, we already have an off-mic agreement that as long as there is a, like, you know, eight-by-six space behind the water heater in their forthcoming place of residence uh, for, so that I don't end up exactly on the street and I can just live behind her radiator. That's yeah. I'll be all right. Well, with that, then I guess we will move on to a new regular segment here on the show as we make our way through pandemic life in Doug Ford's Ontario friends. It's time once again to check in with the shot clock. <laughs> Y'all, I'm as surprised as you are. Uh, the shot clock count for me is done. Grand opening, grand closing. I got my dose, y'all. It's so exciting. Yeah, some bombs, some air horns. You know how we do. You know the fucking vibes. Pfizer gang out here, gang gang. <laughs> I'm so I'm so excited for you that you got Pfizer. I know you already <laughs> talked about you would have gotten the other one, but when you were like, yeah, Pfizer, I was like, woo, he did it. 
Like it was your own victory. I feel like I got a pair of like, you know, off-white Jordan ones or something, you know, like I finally like, you know, <laughs> I, I won the lottery on StockX. So like I just finally did it. Um, yeah. So I had mentioned last week that somewhat dismissively that my postal code was getting a dedicated pop-up at the Center for Addiction and Mental Health. Thank you, Oracle, for looking mm-hmm. that up last week. Um <laughs> Which is a, you know, mental health facility um, that makes it, it literally makes it sound like an asylum. It's not. It's like a center for, you know, rehabilitation, drug rehabilitation and, you know, to mental health. And um, they apparently were having, just for my postal code, 100 doses a day on on Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday of last week. Now, I had some errands to run on the Wednesday uh, for someone cute's birthday. I had to run out and get some cupcakes picked up. And Everybody my- should have cake on their birthday. Sorry, I had to. It's just some some people don't know that, and so if you are a person who doesn't know that someone needs to have cake on their birthday, you know that now. You're they, welcome. They call it a cake day for a reason, even though personally pie over cake. But I mean, I get it. You know, but you can you can have so many savory pies. Um, somebody told me that a meatloaf was basically a savory cake, and now I can't <laughs> unsee it. Nice. Um, yeah, I also I had to go I had to go pick up the cupcakes and I also had some uh, an, another man down in uh, my work pant rotation. <laughs> Pour a little liquor out for uh, for my khaki joggers. Aww. The inseam finally went on on those, so I just bought like two pairs, two more pairs. They're basically <gasps> the same style of pant, one in black and one in uh, khaki, and they are so comfortable, and I'm just delighted when I'm at work. It's really, I'm, I'm never, the fact that they kind of, like, made jogging pants more professional, it's like I'm final. I'm, like, back to, like, sixth grade, but nobody makes fun of me now. <laughs> oh, my God. See, I, I know this story has other places to go, but I need to stop here because <laughs> I, I've been wearing jogging pants every single day for the last <laughs> however many months. Everyone's been wearing jogging pants since early 2020, yes, but yeah, it's a lot but, more acceptable and, and, now. I had to wear real clothes uh, a couple weeks ago for I'm something. I'm so sorry. I know. A, I do not fit into my jeans anymore, <laughs> any of them. Uh, and two, I was like, clothing is so uncomfortable. Like, wearing a bra, having pants that have a button? Why? And I was thinking about it. I was like, I was never uncomfortable when I was a kid. And it was because I was wearing my, you know, those full jogging suits we used to wear? Yeah. Long sleeves. I had, I had an elephant show one. Nice. Like, I was, yeah. And I had like a pink one, a purple one. I was like, oh my God, please tell me this is the good thing that comes out of COVID-19 <laughs> is that everyone gets to wear jog- joggers again and it becomes like stylish well, and okay. Like, yeah, $200 jogging pants is basically like the, uh, the you know, under 40 uh, uniform in Toronto as it is, much to my chagrin. Streetwear got so boring, y'all. It's all just fucking, <laughs> it really did. Like, Where are the fussy pants? <laughs> we want the fussy pants back. All that is to say, I had to go pick up these pants. I had to go get the cupcakes. And I was going by Cam H. And I figured I'd just pop my head by. You see, see how it's looking. Because I knew it was running on, mm-hmm. on the Thursday, too. And I went and I looked. And I eyeballed the lineup. And it only looked like there were about, like, 20 people in line. And this was at... They had tweeted out that by... It was only running... That's the other reason. It was running 9 to 11 each of those three days with a hundred doses. And I'm like, those are going to fucking fly out. I'm not getting up at 5 AM to go wait on the street for like, we, we've had that discussion. I'm not doing it. 
but I'm, I'm eyeballing it and it's like, well, okay, it's now like 1030. These people are still in line. They haven't been turned away. So they're still obviously yeah. handing out doses. And there's only like 20 folks in line right now. And I mean, honestly, if I didn't have errands to run, I might've gone in just that day, but I figured I would just try. I texted my boss. I was supposed to work early. My boss at major Canadian retailer graciously offered to cover me. This oh, is the nice. GM. She like was like, I will go early for you so you can attempt this. And she did. And I went down. I was supposed to work at eight anyway. So I basically kept my same hours. And instead of going to work, I went down to CAMH and got in at, uh, I think it was 40th out of 100. And there was a brief moment where they were, first of all, ran smooth as silk. I mean, shouts to the folks at CAMH and all the volunteers. Worked like a freaking dream. Shouts to my MPP, Butila Carpochi. I'm not saying for a fact that her lighting them up in Queens Park is the reason we got this uh, dedicated postal code uh, pop-up. It ain't not the reason, well, we though. Ca- I was going to say, but we kind of know what it is. It ain't not the reason. And then there was a brief moment where they, the volunteer came and was taking all my info, and like it wasn't loading properly or it wasn't like progressing or processing on the iPad. And I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> one of her coworkers figured it out. And people kept saying congratulations, and it was oddly moving. <laughs> like, it's like I said last week when I was like, this is never going to happen. I was like, you know, saying how it really felt like that was the thing that was the inability to, like, easily get a vaccine just seemed like that was the thing that was going to break me. Because it just seemed like I was right. constantly butting my head against the walls. everyone else around me who lived in other parts of Toronto or other on, out in the burbs type of thing. Like they just seem to skate on through and be fine. And there were like kids in my neighbor and kids at work who were like, you know, 22 and got their shot before me. And I was like, yeah, Yo, come on. So I get in y'all are familiar. A lot of you all familiar with the process now, blah, blah, blah. You know, you go in, get do the questionnaire, get your shot and you got to sit for 15 minutes, you know, to make sure you don't grow tail or anything. Um, <laughs> But I go and I end up with an actual doctor uh, who I guess was volunteering that day who ended up giving me the shot and is doing all the bit, checks my health card again, ID, all that business. And I think it was just for informational purposes. The dude goes, so you'll be getting the Pfizer today. And I'm like, okay, you know, cool. Awesome. You know, it's the Cadillac, he says. And I just whipped my head to like boat, like looking for like, you know, I was halperding real bad. I was just like looking for the camera. I was like, <laughs> <laughs> like full halper. I'm like, my G, this is not, <laughs> you don't want to be saying that to people. <laughs> I make jokes, <laughs> but there are legit people out there who are like, I'm only, I won't get vaccinated until I can get five. You don't need to put brand value on the fucking vaccine. Tell me it's the Cadillac. Maybe you thought he was just, you know, it was a goof because everybody was getting Pfizer because it was a Pfizer clinic. But like, again, y'all, I would have taken whatever the hell I could have got. I made, I made the jokes. My parents got easy. They're fine. Pretty sure someone cute got easy. She's fine. It's all good. If you're concerned about after effects, to my surprise, I had nothing. Really? Everyone Literally I know. Literally nothing. Everyone I know has, like, been walloped. Like, there's been people at work who've had to take a couple days off. Yeah, like, most really... people I know. We had some people at, 
at work at major Canadian retailer where there was one of the big pop-ups at Downsview arena, I think started taking expanded it to like live or work and MCR is technically in a hotspot. So mm-hmm. even though my coworkers who don't live in a hotspot work in one, they made a run for it. At least there were like four of them that went. And I know, I know for a fact, at least two of them were walloped the next day. Uh, someone cute wasn't, she was cool the first day, but it was the second day. She was fine the evening of, but the day after at work, she had to, she basically, you know, the usual chills, chill, slight fever, achy, all that type of stuff. And was fine yeah. a day after that. But, um, but yeah, like literally to the point where then I start gaslighting myself. I was like, did I even go? Did I even get the vaccine? Is this nightmare <laughs> still happening? I keep like punching my arm where it happened just to make sure like there was like pain. You know what this means though, Kate? What does this mean? I'm indestructible. Oh, God. Indestructible. Just because you still look like you're in your 20s. Like, it just... So now, this concludes Jordan's adventure with the shot clock. I already got... I got dose two booked. So second dose is in August 12th. Two weeks for everything to run its course. Kate, I don't want to live in a world where I can really believe that I might see my parents by Labor Day. <sighs> that might be nice. <laughs> I mean, I'm in this weird – so there's this I, – I actually know people my age in Toronto who've now received their shot, but I live in Hamilton. It's, of course, not as bad. There are, like, very few hot spots. This is where Shot, clock, here, now, shot clock now moves on to, like, how we got to get Kate dosed up. So what's, yeah, it, what's it looking it, like down there? Just, it, it does not look good. No? Like, <laughs> not in a – not in a horrible way, but just it's not the same, right? Toronto is just so much more populated than than Hamilton. Um, again, it's worse in um, Toronto than it is in Hamilton. And right now, they're still working on the over 40s. Mm. So, and I think we have like two hot, hot spots compared to your like how many <laughs> the whole the whole city. 30. Um, yeah, so it, it just it's not looking like I think they said something about end of this month, but it's almost like I'll 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 believe it when I see it. Mm. And I'm not saying I mean I know people are working really hard to try and get this realized, and I'm not saying that I'm like. Yeah, whatever. But I just, I don't want to get too excited. <laughs> um, I don't want to I, either. Yeah. It does feel like in Toronto, at least, we are now, today, like, my GM lives in kind of the middle of nowhere, like north of Toronto, out in like one of these smaller town areas. Right. Out near Newmarket. So she hasn't been in a crazy rush because, you know, it's not a hot spot. It's not real populous. And her mindset has kind of been like, let everybody, my time will come, let everyone else, you know, get straight away first. But now it's like, it got to a point where like this giant clinic at Downsview Arena was like really starting to open shit up. And it's like, it's pretty now standard that like where it was just 40 plus in a hot spot. Then it was 18 plus in a hot spot residence. Now it's working in these hot spots. Like it seems like it might be cresting to where like demand isn't crazy outstripping supply like it had been so maybe we are over the hump a bit maybe i don't want to put that that in the universe but (laughs) 
yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm set to get it. I'm ready to get it. I got some sick days. <laughs> I'm one of the, those lucky people who actually gets paid sick days. Uh, I've got some of those stored if it knocks me out. Um, so I'm like prepared for it. I'm just, you know, I'm cautiously optimistic. Hey, throw back y'all. I remember some things. <laughs> so that is your installment of the shot clock for this week. We will follow up. Maybe not every week, but I mean, when as soon as there new, there's news, we get Kate a jab, we will let y'all know. God, can you imagine? Maybe we could even like see each other, record in the same uh, in the same. Welcome you back to the Polly Pocket. Well, I mean, I'm one of those people who's like, we have to have both shots. Uh, at, yes, absolutely, both shots after and two. After two. No. I know some people are like, I've got my first shot. I'm fine now. I'm like, no, you are not. You put that mask <laughs> back on. As, as we said on the show before, I will have both shots. And probably, you think I'm getting on a bus without a mask ever again in my life? Even That's if, what I said. Even if they don't Today. make it. Even if they don't make it. They're like, yeah, you don't have to wear one anymore. Yeah, you okay. You okay. Yeah, I just, I couldn't, I can't, I can't do it anymore. You think I'm ever riding the Dufferin bus without a mask again? You are a new fool. It is not happening. Kate? Yeah. I don't know if you got any news. There was one thing I wanted to shout out today. Um, I have one thing, well, so we both have a thing. One That's thing, one thing from each of us. This is really just this happened, and this is an old thing for me, which you know, typical geek down fashion. You know, it's, it's not news. It re- was really important last week, and is now uh, less important this week. But some observers were kind of watching. We know it's weird times. We know that anything I'm about to say is like really graded on a curve right now. But on the week. Of the weekend of May 2nd, the Demon Slayer movie was number one at the North American box office. Which, to my mind, I believe is the first time an anime has ever done that. It, uh, it just edged out. I think it lost on the first weekend and then took it on the second weekend. And it's this sort of like head to head against Mortal Kombat, which I mean, again, again, you're grading on a curve. You know, we live in a world right now where what did it make a $6.4 million take gross can <laughs> just, win, just... can win you the weekend, which would be like disastrous. Like if any movie opened and made that much money, it would just like self immolate. And that would be the last you ever saw of it. Yeah, that's enough to win the weekend and because the weebs were, like, out in force. They got their two shots out in America, and they were like, let's go <laughs> watch some shonen trash. Um, it has since lost the weekend. There's some Jason Statham movie that's out uh, that debuted this weekend that I guess is doing doing better at the box office. But it still kind of has a chokehold on the second spot, which, again, is insane Ooh. to me. Like... Peak Miyazaki, Princess Mononoke, wide release through Disney, you know, years back, all that type of thing. Like, it never came close. To yeah, but it was a different, it was a different landscape then. Yeah, it might have made the same amount of money, but just. <laughs> yeah. And yeah, I just, uh, there's a whole thing about demographics there. And it's, yeah, it's, it's a weird, weird world we live in. Also, though, that Mortal Kombat movie looks amazing. <laughs> um, just some hits from the Hollywood Reporter article about this story. Um, so, okay, it made $21 million on its opening weekend, which is not, that's not a slouch. No. That's, that's decent for a, 
for like a you know low time weekend in general, let alone let alone pandemic life. Um, also, to put this shit into perspective, it is the uh, it was the biggest debut of all time for a foreign language film. Uh, this movie came out in Japan late last year in 2020. It became the top grossing film of all time in that country, uh, making more than $361 million. It's also the biggest anime ever. Through Sunday, the movie had earned well north of $400 million. Wow. Fucking Demon Slayer. Makes, almost makes me want to finish that first season. <laughs> <laughs> I still am excited. Like, every so often, I think about the hand like demon, hand demon and i'm like oh i want to go i want to see that hand demon I and then i get distracted demon. by something shiny <laughs> we know how that goes kate what was your thing that you saw oh um just because uh i like many others think that halloween should be held up as the best holiday of the year um there is muppets news to do with Halloween. Basically, uh, the Muppets are getting their first Halloween special. How is that possible? Um, on Disney Plus, And it's called Muppets Haunted Mansion. So they've, like, put it with their Haunted Mansion ride, which I have been on because I have been to Disney World. <laughs> um, and I will drop that into any conversation. Um, I'm just excited. I, I really love the Muppets. I've come to love Muppets more through senior correspondent Chris. He adores the Muppets. We've actually watched um, Muppets Tonight a couple of uh, episodes. Okay. We watched. Quick sidebar what? about Muppets Tonight because I just saw yeah. this. Okay. It was something that, like, when we were kids, when my friend Scott was like, he was the only one that saw it at the time, and this was pre YouTube, yeah. so I couldn't, like, go and find it because he made it sound really funny, but I never got to see it for myself. It was, yeah. a, it was an old Frocketeer sketch, or, like, they were talking about the Frocketeers. <gasps> It's so good. I know exactly the one he's talking about. Yes, yeah, Stu, who has no who has no short term memory. Yeah, <laughs> and he keeps saying his name again on the roll call. So it would be, <laughs> it would be, it would be like Mindy, Johnny, Stu, Trevor, Lisa, Stu. He just kept getting back in line to do the roll call. <laughs> so he would. So uh, it was just Scott would constantly yell out Stu. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're, you know, 17, that's really funny. I never got a chance to see it. And I just found it on YouTube like th a month ago because there were yeah. there, there are some Muppet aficionados on the uh, staff at uh, Major Canadian Retailer. And it just popped into my head to be like, did you guys ever see this? Was that a thing? And then it, <laughs> and then it occurred to me to look on YouTube and it was. Okay. Well, that's a great one. There's also, so the, the, we watched, like I said, selected episodes. We haven't gone through them all or anything, but there's the Mark Hamill episode, which is actually fantastic. Like Mark Hamill just at the time was so underappreciated now because of course his really robust voice acting career and everything. Mm. Um, that's changed, but at the time, for sure, for sure. Um, but anyway, so it's that's been delightful. And of course, uh, in a past episode, and you can go and find it if you like, if you're new to the show, I gave Jordan a Muppet's Christmas Carol. Um, I did give you that, right? Yes. Okay, good. Uh, canary brain. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was like, oh God, did I actually get that show? Which is a new one for me. You know, uh, just in the years I've been, I've been with senior correspondent Chris, um, which I love and we watch every year now. Um, so I'm very, I'm delighted. They're always just like really, they're witty. 
and they're kind of well very zany and they're usually very family friendly um so they just they're kind of like a warm feeling and i'm excited about any kind of halloween special except for hocus pocus because that movie is lame shots fired <laughs> Uh, do you yeah. want to comment on the Marvel announcements this week? Um, oh, yeah. The Marvels? Sure. I figured that would be what uh, you would want to comment on. Yeah. Sounds like a good time. Oh, but I did see this trash boy article. I didn't read it because it's, <laughs> it was trash and it came from someone who a trash, his wife a, a trash is, boy. A, is a, trash, a trash boy who lives in a... a a trash bin that is on fire. <laughs> and it was uh, a slighting Captain Marvel uh, or something along those lines, new Marvel's or new Marvel's title, um, diminishing Captain Marvel's role because, you know, she's terrible, whatever well, it was. Okay. So that's, it's funny you bring that up because I was listening to Chris and Andy last week where they were breaking it down and it was just like, even positive, it was Chris asking Andy, I think, and he was even admitting at the time. It's like, this is a fake concern troll question. <laughs> like, is this, is this a demotion for Brie Larson? And Andy was just straight oh. up. Andy was just straight up. No. <laughs> like, no, this is like, I mean, I, she's so tied to Miss Marvel now, or Miss and Miss Marvel tied to her, um, that I think it would be weird not, to, especially doing a Miss Marvel show. Like, it would be super weird. And, the, you know, the Monica Rambeau thing. Yeah. Like, it'd be so weird to not have a movie that involved the two of them. And I think it's more making a family out of it than diminishing Brie Larson and Captain Marvel and... God, do people really not have anything else better to worry about? Um, and even if it is, who cares? Well, Andy's Andy's spin in his response, which I thought was kind of fair, was that, um, you know, <laughs> Jordan hasn't seen the movie. Kate didn't make him watch it yet. Um, but, I mean, she's, like, super powerful, right? Like, she's borderline. Yeah. She's borderline Superman. And then Superman can be a problem. So you throw Kamala and you throw Monica in there, you're kind of, like giving some more human elements because if you really want to think about it too hard anything that runs up against captain marvel you're just going to be like well you're fucking like captain marvel like just blast it's done same thing with it's a superman problem it becomes difficult sometimes to come up with credible threats for superman so when you kind of add this family element like you're talking about and now you know also i love that it's the first time really like confirm that like some of these disney plus shows are now feeding directly into the movies because you'll, yeah. you'll watch, you'll watch Ms. Marvel. It will be great, and that will kind of, you know, feed directly into, uh, you know, the Marvels slash Captain Marvel too, whatever. Yeah. Um, My f- favorite thing, and I don't know if this was a, a official announcement with the set that they did, but um, the fel- the Captain America movie. Mm. Is that is that one of the official ones? It's I don't know if they dated it yet, but it's it's right. I don't know if they officially put it on the slate. Um but it's in the pipe. It's definitely So So Anthony Mackie was talking about who is like the coolest guy. <laughs> I didn't ever like watch any interviews with him or anything. I've seen a little bit here and there, but because of course um Falcon Winwin, um they're, they've been all over the place right, and right. I've seen some interviews with him from like a while ago, but he was talking about, you know, becoming 
Captain America and like someone asked about his the film the Captain America 4 film um and he said he found out at a grocery store <laughs> some the clerk was like hey i heard about the the captain america movie that's coming out and he was like what <laughs> what are you talking about he had to like look it up and found like the announcement or whatever on his phone he's like they didn't even tell me um so yeah and just like how like thrilled that, and excited he is that kind of seems low-key that, is... that kind of seems low-key on brand for anthony mackie <laughs> Yeah, yeah, like he just I just love that that he's just really excited to be the character and play Captain America and play a superhero. Like that those were some of his goals. Like he talks about his like acting goals. We're like be in be in this, be in an action film, um be a superhero and he wants to do a cowboy film. Nice. And that just made me love him more. I was like, "Oh man, I love you, Anthony Mackie. We should be friends." <laughs> Shouts to Papa Doc. Kate. Yeah updates updates um i suppose i usually go first for some reason i don't know why we fell into that habit um you maybe it's because i wander and then you tighten it up at the end <laughs> i go um, first if you want i don't care whatever no, that's okay um so i did okay so senior correspondent chris is not a weeb um but he does really like japanese history He's more of like a Japanese, well, he's a history buff, but he, he really, he learned, to, he did like a Japanese, like history course and culture course in university. Um, he's always been really fascinated with it. Um, I partially, cause they're so, they were so isolationist for so long and anyways. Um, and we were really excited when we saw Yusuke, which is the anime on Netflix. And then we watched. We couldn't get through the first episode. See, I know the pedigree. I know the people behind it. The soundtrack came up on my Discover Weekly on Spotify this week. And I went, oh, damn. Because Flying Lotus did all the music for it. And the music is all very good. And I was like, mm, might have to check this out. But a lot of people were also like, it's the best thing since Afro Samurai. And I was like, Afro Samurai was not that good. <laughs> so uh, let's talk about our personal well our personal problem with it the story so yusuke is a real historical character yes. he was a black samurai um in the sengoku period i did look it up because i wasn't sure which one which was in between like 1467 to 1615 a huge feudal war period in japan and he was he had come with some Jesuit priests from like Portugal, I think to Japan. And he immediately, like he was like six foot something large black man. And of course for isolationist Japanese, they were like, Oh my God, this man is a God basically. <laughs> like he's, he's gotta be like an incredible fighter. So he fell in um, with, some samurai that took him under his his wing um and apparently he was with them for many many years and then ended up going back to portugal but they're not sure they don't really know what happened to mm -hmm. him so we were really excited thinking this was a historical obviously with some 
drama, but historical retelling of this really cool, real story about a black samurai, which we know, and we've talked about it on the show, anime, Japan, they maybe have some issues with blackness. Well, and um, I mean, put it put it out there up front. This was produced by LaShawn Thomas, who did Cannon Busters. Is that what it was? Uh, one of the only black anime producers uh, in Japan. And this was a production that he kind of um, worked with Studio Mappa, which is generally good, but also has an uneven track record. They did like Banana Fish and Gangsta and other shows that kind of started out hot and fell apart. So, yeah. So the, 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 the look of it is great, but as I keep on going on about, as you can imagine, it was not historical. <laughs> there is like this magic disease. There are all these like spirits and, and wizards. And I think that that is a cool anime, but that is not the story I wanted to see because as often happens and I go on and on about, I know history is sometimes way cooler <laughs> than anything you can make up. Um, and I thought this was like a really cool opportunity to tell this really interesting history that we don't often get to hear. Um, and maybe some people are loving it. Maybe I'm being, I don't know, historically snobby. I don't know. But I just was fresh because I was really excited. And it wasn't it wasn't what I thought it was going to be. And maybe that's my fault. Um but I, yeah, we just, we were, we were unpleased with, with what it was. So I don't know. Jordan, did you actually end up taking a look at it? No, I thought I might suggest it as a future thing to watch. And now I will not. Um, I, I was, <laughs> I, I was curious about it. Um, one, because like I said, the, the music was, uh, done by Flying Lotus, who is just a huge, anime fan and you know electronic producer or sort of it's his music is impossible to uh really describe it's like based in hip-hop but i mean he goes all over the place and it's really seemed like from some of the stuff i heard on spotify this week that he was really channeling that like you know nujabez fat john samurai shampoo type vibe right. um for a lot of this stuff and i was like okay i'd also discovered earlier this week that there was uh the in the japanese so Lakeith Stanfield does the voice on the English dub of Yasuke, but the Japanese voice actor is a guy named Jun Soijima, who is a African, half African American, uh, native Japanese speaking voice actor. And I, that impressed me. <laughs> it's like, he might, he might be the only black voice actor in Japan, but I mean, they knew to use him for this role. Um, Probably because, like I said, LaShawn Thomas was the guy directing it and probably wanted to make sure that was a thing that happened. So mm -hmm. it seemed like there was enough going around there that, like, I should spend some time with this. I will probably still check out an episode or two just for my due diligence. But, um, yeah, it's disappointing to hear that you didn't uh, – it didn't really fire and, for you Maybe, maybe I will just, like, be like, no – Stop being stupid, get it out of your head and just take it for what it is. And maybe that will add to my enjoyment. But I was just, I think we were just so devastated 
that that's what it was. <laughs> that's it wasn't that that I was like, no. Um, you know, it's about managing expectations, right? So who knows? Maybe maybe over the summer we'll be like, yeah, we should take another look. And maybe if Jordan, you take a look and you love it and you're like, you're stupid, I will take another look. I would never call you stupid. You call me stupid, but I don't call you stupid. I mean, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna fight that because canary brain. But like, <laughs> I'm sure you call me stupid. Um, besides that, uh, I mentioned it last week, I believe. But Crash Course American Black American History had yes. its first episode. Um, the tone obviously very different than regular Crash Course. Regular Crash Course is like, woo, zany time. <laughs> We're gonna have a fun letter, and it's gonna be like, blah blah. Um, no. The uh, gentleman, I can't remember the doctor's name, but the gentleman who who, uh, hosts the show has a very, like, matter-of-fact tone. He's a great presenter, though. The first episode was about the start of the uh, slave trade, so there were some very difficult things. A lot of it I knew already, but still getting a lot of interesting sort of takes on um, what it means in the language that we use. It should not be you know, trying not to call them slaves, but enslaved people mm. um, is a huge shift um, in how we look at things. And, you know, the fact that they are um, being enslaved by others, right. this is not, they're, they're not inherently it's not a, slaves. It's not a demographic group. <laughs> yes. Um, that was very interesting. So uh, if you're interested about black American history, definitely take a look. Um I continued watching Warrior. Yeah. Episode five is the greatest episode in the history of television. So I, this tracks because I was like, boring, but it makes perfect sense that them, and they knew, because to me it was filler. I was like, this didn't need to be there. It's filler. Um, Yeah. But it was really like a throwback to like, it felt like an episode. We talk about this all the time. It felt like Sunday afternoon TV. It felt like, uh, you know. Xena or, you know, mm-hmm. one of those shows where it's like, oh, it's the sort of thing that the Mandalorian always gets praised about, especially on its first season where it's like, our heroes roll into town, some stuff happens, there's a problem, they fix it, and then they write off. And the show knows it did that. Like, they, yeah. it throws the end at the end of it. Like, it knew it was just like playing for an episode. That none of this really mattered. It was just, you know, a fun hang with your friends and watch some cool, watch some cool stuff and watch a racist get shot and by an, another time. terrible person. Um <laughs> have our have our young boy fall in love with a prostitute he's never going to see again you know like it's and i was like fine but i was like nodding off but it definitely this is definitely i mean it's basically just them doing a straight up western so of course you loved yeah. it <laughs> of course i loved it it was so good i had so much fun with that episode um so yeah good times um i haven't finished the season but I'm working on it. Um, also, in Star Wars news, mm. uh, I watched The Bad Batch. You said you didn't care about The Bad Batch. I distinctly I remember. I don't. But senior correspondent Chris really wanted to watch it. And he really wanted to watch it with me because he said Star Wars was one of our things. <laughs> and I was like, how could I say no? And it was it was good. It was entertaining. Um, it talks about a really interesting time period, which is the time right after um, Order 66, which if you do not know, that is when, um, so the clones have a, a chip in their brain that basically is a um, 
inhibitor chip. It regulates their like thinking patterns, basically. And uh, the code word Order 66 makes it so that they turn on the Jedi and kill the Jedi. And these are, you know, the Jedi are generals and they've been fighting with them for years at this point. Um, anyway, so it had an interesting part about that. It had an interesting part about just clones in general. Um, and the voice actor who does the voice of these clones is fantastic. Um, so props to that guy. Um, so yeah, it was it was entertaining, but it's not the story I'm most interested in. Is, but they uh, do interesting things with it. Is Filoni running this, or has he got too much on his plate right now? I'm pretty sure this is actually like Filoni's like this is the thing he really wanted to do. Passion project. This is what he actually wants to do. Well, it's a continuation of the clone wars, right? Right. Um, And throughout the clone wars, there have been these episodes that focus on the clones and focus on what is it to be a clone individuality when you're a clone. Um, And then it's also this part is just right when the empire takes over. So it's talking about like, they're making everybody get a, a chain code basically which is basically a number like every person we're not just talking clones we're like every person in the empire and how they're taking over and what's going on like and all of that if you're interested in that stuff that is very interesting and and i am um it's just these characters are not the ones that i'm like you know oh, i need to know what happens to <laughs> you know echo right um i actually was interested in what happened to echo but it's fine um anyway so yeah it was first two episodes good times fun star wars stuff um you know they're not taking on the emperor but they are doing their own thing in their part of the galaxy which is kind of the stories we like um so yeah uh good times um occasionally we watch freemaker chronicles which is like a super kids lego star wars show (laughs) um but it's like it's just fun to have in the background and if you like star wars there's a lot there for you so chris always is like oh that's that ship from this thing or oh shit that's um you know this thing from this star wars book because he's a nerd um but i knew that when i married him so it's fine um so yeah sometimes we watch that but it is like super kitty so um, and then, uh, last episode of Invincible, there was so much gore <laughs> that I actually looked away at one point. Okay. Um, <laughs> and then did I talk about Sharp last week? I don't believe so. No. Oh my God. Good Lord. So I'll try and make this quick. Cause I'm sure you have lots of things to go through. This is very important. So, um, senior correspondent Chris has been, he knows I like period things. Mm. We know I like more so period romances. I don't particularly like stories where, like, Far From the Madding Crowd or uh, Lady Chatterley's Lover, where someone ends up committing suicide. Mm. Um, or Anna Carew. Karina, Karina, I can't say it, but you know, yes, they're beautiful and they're interesting stories and they're important for the, you know, the time and place that they were written, but I just don't, those aren't fun for me. (laughs) Um, And, but he really wanted me to watch this show called Sharp, which if you know anything about Sharp, it's where Sean Bean got his start playing the main character. Uh, and it's based off a series of books, um, and the series 
they started filming it in the 90s and there's like lots of different seasons um but it's the british thing there's not tons of episodes but they're really well made um and then sean bean i think his last performance was like 2010 or something like he's come back to this character um and actually he did such a good job with the character that the writer of the books changed the character to be more like sean bean (laughs) um so like it's it's well known and i i've seen it in passing and senior correspondent Chris literally made a deal with me that for every five episodes of a British crime drama we watch, I have to watch an episode of Sharp. (laughs) And I was like, you don't have to. We don't have to bargain. I will watch an episode of Sharp. And we did. And I am in fucking love. The show is so good. Well, the show is it's all about the war, the the Napoleonic Wars, um, about a soldier named Sharp that comes up from the ranks of of, of just regular soldiers to be a well, now he's a captain, I guess, but come up in the ranks, which you did not do. I know that I know these books, yeah, yeah, you did not do that. And like his struggles of doing that and, you know, somewhat of the incompetence of it. And anyways, it just, it's so well acted and even, and it's not crazy gory. Um, And it's just, it's so, the stories are so good. And I just, so we've, we've watched two episodes and episodes are like, I'm talking like, they're like an hour and a half. They're basically like, like mini movies. Yeah. Well, you, you can split it up though. Like you don't have to have it in one sitting. They have sort of natural points where you can end at. Um, but I just can't get over how good. And they, I think they've remastered them. So they don't, you can tell they're made in the nineties, but they don't have that nineties look to them. Um, so they're, they're really smooth. They're not like you have to pay attention every single second. Um, and the only reason we didn't watch a third episode was because, um, he's been working a lot and I've been trying to find a house. So like we had stuff to do. Um, and there's so much content. It's, it's so weird. There's so much content and there's so much past content. Yeah. And occasionally I feel overwhelmed. But anyways, but if you're looking for something that's that's really good and if you're even remotely interested in war, um, <laughs> these are really – they're really good. And they're not – like, again, it's not taking on, like, Napoleon himself, but it's just about, like, the small battalion um, of their sharpshooters and uh, – and it's just and, – and all the his, – like, the historical stuff, it, it's very historically accurate. Um, of course, they've changed some things because it's a fictional character. Um, but anyways, so I just – I can't really – I can't rave about it enough. Um, so, yeah, check check it out. Sure, check y'all. Sure. Um, yeah, I don't have a ton this week. Uh, working for a living really impedes one's – Content consumption. Um, what did I get into, though? Uh, Mayor of Easttown, the Kate Winslet, Broadchurch prestige drama on yeah. uh, HBO continues to be amazing uh, as Winslet's character continues to sort of uh, break bad in her personal life um, and thus it gets removed from the case uh, that she's investigating because basically she has a her son had died under 
there are nods to the opioid crisis in this show a little bit. Um, and it is alluded to that maybe, uh, the Winslet character's son had some troubles in that regard. He has died somehow. Um, and she has been caring for her grandson while the boy's mother is in uh, rehab or a halfway house. And yeah, basically by the end of episode three, uh, Winslet has planted drugs on her basically. Oh, <laughs> so she can, uh, you know, disqualify her for custody of Great. her grandson. Yeah. So that's, that's what we're dealing with here. Um, yeah, she a mess. There, there's one scene in the first episode where, like, you know, like I said, the, the whole setup is, like, you know, there was, there's been a second murder in this kind of small Pennsylvania town, hashtag tiny town that she lives in. And she's also under pressure because there was a disappearance the year before the events of the show, and there's been, like, no progress. So, like, they never found, a girl went missing, they never found her. And the girl who went missing was the daughter of one of her old high school basketball um, teammates, mm-hmm. because hashtag tiny town. And it's a scene in the first episode where they are, it's been like 20 years or whatever since some game that they won, uh, sort of thing. And they're having some sort of commemorative, commemorative thing at the high school. They're going to get, you know, brought out at halftime and introduced or whatever. And mayor's, mayor's the one who made like the game winning shot. So that's like her, like one claim to fame in her life, uh, sort of thing. But this, the mother of this girl who went missing has been like out in the news you know why has nothing been happening why did bring my girl home you know blah 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 she's also battling cancer and it's a scene where they are standing in line to you know just walk out and wave to the to the crowd and winslet as mayor is just like jawjacking at this cancer survivor <laughs> you think i don't do my job you think blah 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 like i looked everywhere like basically justifying herself in this you right. know, arena this the character will just do whatever the fuck she thinks she needs to do in the moment, regardless of like the surroundings. Like you're just watching the scene and you're just like, Oh my God, stop talking. Like, just shut up. <laughs> like, this is not the time. And that's what makes Winslet so good in her performance. Right? Like, it's just, she's such a likable person that I think you go right. into this, not realizing at first that like, Oh no, <laughs> she's doing her best, but will plant drugs on <laughs> On the mother of her grandson. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. I, I mean, I, I really like stories about, they give a, it's sometimes hard to have someone who's a real character. And weirdly, uh, weirdly, uh, women don't get the chance that often. Yeah. Um, or, or female actors. Um, so. It's nice to see, but it's still a really hard watch. <laughs> so you're like, I want to support this and like see this amazing performance, but part of my brain is like, I don't. I want fun cowboy shoot 'em ups. Oh for- yeah, like listen, this is like you know, you want to support Riz Ahmed and see him get to sink his teeth into something, but you do not want to sit through the night of. It's the same thing. I mean, not just don't want to, but like physically can't. Refused <laughs> one time. One time, no, it was two times. She well, there was one time she said no after starting something, and one time she said no before she even got a chance to. Yep. Keep that on. That's that's a little little geek down trivia for y'all, long term <laughs> long term heads. Um. So yeah, that's like, there's four more episodes of that to come. I think. I'm still watching Warrior. As said, I'm up to maybe episode seven. I don't know. Are you ahead of there? There was 
There was an assassination no. attempt. That's what I got to. That's the last thing oh. I saw. Oh, yeah. Then I am. That's the last thing I saw. Yeah. Show, show still, show still dope. Um, there was, yeah, there's, a, there's some really good scenes ahead. I, or maybe it is that episode where there's just, you're just like, man, there's so much power behind <laughs> these people. The mafia is scary. Yeah. All, Don't join the mafia, kids. On all sides. Yeah. No matter what, no matter what side of the pond you're on, a pond as in duck pond. Um, only other weird sort of confluence of subject matters was uh, I'm continuing to read Breast and Eggs by Kawakami. Loving it. It has now moved. There was a time jump. It looks like it, it's so the first book of the novel is like this series of three days where. Uh, the narrator's sister and niece have come to visit her because her sister wants a, wants breast implants and found some, some quickie in and out breast implant uh, clinic in Tokyo that she wanted to go to and about the, you know, the daughter and the daughter doesn't speak to them, but keeps his journal. So you see what the daughter's writing. And now there has been a time jump and the narrator has been successful enough as a writer to kind of support herself. But, you know, it's it's the scene where she starts, like, you know, she still meets up with, you know, the women from her old job who have all gotten married and had kids type of thing. And she's the one who has not. Right. Um, and that's an odd thing in Japan. To wit, uh, there was a news story in the States this week about uh, the birth rate falling. Yeah. For the first time in a very long time. And the New York Times podcast, The Daily... One day did a story about the Amer- the American birth rate falling, and then, you know, the next comparison is, like, where is a place where this has been happening? Japan, where they have a very graying generation and a very low birth rate for the last few years. So it's basically a half-hour, 45-minute podcast with one of their reporters who lives in Japan, kind of about what's been happening there. And, you know, I knew some of this stuff. But like, oh man, the degree, I can tell you so much. The degree to which the gender roles have still been like so entrenched in Japanese society until very recently, to the point when like a dude, some politician, he's like the environment minister right now, and he's like, you know, it'd probably be gunning for prime minister at one day. He's the son of a former prime minister, you know. He announced he was going to take paternity leave when his wife got yeah. pregnant, and it when was people fucking lost their shit. Scandalous, scandalous. He doesn't take his job seriously. He's not fit to work in government if he would leave his job to go take care of his, you know, to go help take care of his child. And in the end, he only took like two weeks and was like video conference in half that time anyway. Um, and I'm, I'm pretty sure, like, just as a comparison, that happened to a baseball player a couple of years ago. Japanese baseball player? No, an American an baseball American player. Mm. He was like, I'm going, I had my first child, I'm going to take a break. And people fucking lost their <laughs> minds. But, yeah, listening to this podcast, listening, listening to this reporter talk about how when you look at, like, the amount of time per day that uh, Japanese, you know, salaryman, working husband puts towards housework and child caring, it is, like, 45 minutes a day, maybe. Yeah. Um, and she was writing this article about, you know what's been happening in Japan and how, you know, why, why are women in Japan just sort of opting out in greater numbers from the traditional get married to a husband that, you know, 
works for the same company for the rest of his, you know, pledges undying loyalty to the company he works for, for a guaranteed job for life, uh, while she takes care of everything at home. Turns out that's not really appealing to a growing number of <laughs> Japanese women, especially yeah. when they started working themselves and were just like, mm, nah. Um, she, this reporter followed or kind of shadowed this one family. Um, she works in graphic design, I think. And I don't remember what the husband did, but it's like they were getting ready. The husband was going to take the kids to school. That's what he said. He was going to take the kids to school. In actuality, what he did was accompany them. (laughs) He didn't like get the kids ready or anything, especially when you take into account that Japan is wild and like the reporter was talking from her own experience as well because she's got young kids you have to like keep a log for the daycare (laughs) every day of like what the kids ate their moods Mm -hmm. when they went to bed (laughs) when they got up you have to pack like three pair three outfits (laughs) for them like a play outfit and a go home outfit you have to wash their sneakers you have to do all this shit that's just expected that the women will do and mm-hmm. when they went to go meet her after work to you know, follow her home, they went to the station and the train came and this woman was like, this mother was like, can we wait for another train? And she did this like four times and then like turned to them and apologized and said, this is the only time I have to myself. Oh, shit. <laughs> I was like, it was, it was a great episode. It's on the Daily, which is the New York Times uh, Daily podcast feed. Look it up. It's it's really an interesting look at the current state of you know Japanese culture and gender politics if you care about more than you know demon slayer and <laughs> I mean I've you don't even know I've read and watched so much about this I know that there is a uh, a workforce shortage in Japan, they talked about that and too. Part, yeah, and including and part of the reason being that women are frowned upon for going back to work after having children. It's one part that, and one part uh, they don't want not Japanese people in their workforce. That's basically. another thing. So that's what I got into. Aside See, from the thing stuff. we watched for the show this week which a lot of y'all have probably already watched and maybe some of you are planning on watching. So we'll let you know what we thought of the Mitchells versus the machines when we come back from this break. back to the show this is the half of the show where we talk about the thing that we brought each other or sometimes we sort of like amorphously bring things and then i think he's doing it and he thinks i'm doing it and then stuff, i'm like okay fine stuff just happens y'all <laughs> it's just the way the show is it's just organized chaos um but to help with that organization ooh, that was smooth we have good. some rules <laughs> we do the first rule being the rule of three is if the thing comes in parts we will watch three of them so the thing has a chance to become the thing it is trying to become. But that does not matter this week because this week we watched a movie. It's a movie. Um, so let's move on to the second rule, which is hashtag save it for the pod. That's the rule that we will not talk about the thing before we are f- sitting in front of these microphones or, you know, lounging 
in on the bed <laughs> with my headset on. Um, and we do that so you guys get the freshest of takes. And this is actually pretty fresh. Pretty fresh. Came out last week. Last weekend. I yeah, think? April thirtieth. Well, there you go. Yeah. Um. And then the third rule, which isn't really a rule, it's more of a policy, is that there will be just, like, all the spoilers. It's not a twisty-turny item by any means, but it is new. So if you would prefer to be part of the discourse of new and current things, sight unseen, unspoiled, Kate, what can they do? They can go fuck themselves. Yeah, they can. I mean, for fun, if you like, um, or you know, just grab, Goodness. grab a grab a soda. You can, um, you can tell it's after nine p.m. You can tell we're you can tell we're still recording after nine p.m. Y'all, it's starting to get a little blue around here. <laughs> uh, it happens from time to time. It always happens in the second half. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we watch the Mitchells versus the Machines, which is. And you know how much I love my very long multi-hyphenates computer animated road science fiction comedy film. Yeah. Produced by Sony Pictures Animation. The film was directed by Mike Rianda, um, which is this is his feature directorial debut. Um, and you may know Mike Rianda from Gravity Falls. He directed and was a producer and was like a creative guy on the show, especially the second season. Um, and it has a crazy, amazing voice cast, which includes Abby Jacobson, Danny McBride, Maya Rudolph, Mike Randa, Eric Andre, Olivia Coleman, Fred Armisen, Beck Bennett, John Legend, Chrissy Teigen, Blake Griffin, and Conan O'Brien. Um, the... Were you going to say something? I was. Which is? That this was also a Lord and Miller production from the folks who are the folks who did the Lego movie and Into the Spider-Verse and have 21 Jump Street and a million things and have Clone High. Clone High. Never forget. We never forget they did Clone High. We miss you. I mean, we don't I, forget. I forget. We don't. Someone, listen, Canary Brain. <laughs> we all... <laughs> We, we always write for Clone High around here and don't think we forgot that you alluded to a uh, comeback for Clone High. We never forget. But did not uh, – we're producers on this. Um, did not direct, as Kate said. But this movie is coming with a very strong pedigree attached to it. Yes. Um, the story follows Katie Mitchell, not spelled correctly, which is a strike against it, but we'll get back to that later, um, who is a quirky and aspiring filmmaker in Kentwood, Michigan, who often clashes with her nature-obsessed and technophobic father, Rick, and has recently been accepted into film school in California. And basically, Rick decides to cancel Katie's flight and instead take her along with her mother, Linda, younger brother, Aaron, and family dog, Monchi, to a cross-country trip, road trip, to her college as one last bonding experience. But before they can get through their road trip, the robot apocalypse happens. Yeah. Yeah. And they have to save the world. As you do. And bond. And bond. Family. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I think it's a pretty good synopsis. That kind of like, we'll talk about more about plot points, I'm sure, as we go through it. Um, but here we are. 
Jordan, what did you think? Uh, before that, I have a question. Oh, okay. Is the depiction of young Katie Mitchell, like childhood Katie Mitchell, yeah, the closest approximation to young Caitlin McKinnon that has ever been committed to film? Mm, I'm trying to think of young... No, no. You know who Just, beats that? Hmm. Mabel. Mabel Pines. <laughs> okay. I do everything right all the time. <laughs> that, that tracks. I listen. You just saw clips of young Katie in jogging pants and matted red hair and <laughs> and round face. And I was like, is that Caitlin McKinnon? Um, what did I think of this? I liked it, but it f- took me a second to warm up to it to a degree. Um, Interesting. Because, and listen, this is going to be, I know I'm just setting myself up to be the old man of the show. That's fine. Time to use my old man powers. That's who I uh, am That's now. your role. That's, that's the role it. I fill. So the level of YouTube poop-esque uh, content in this movie was like, like there's a warning at the start of this movie. It was like, it has strobe effects. I'm like, every time I see one of those, I go like, yeah, whatever. That shit never bothers me. It bothered me here. <laughs> oh my God. You're so old I now. I am. That first clip where it was like comparing her dad to like a uh, the, the yelling monkey type thing, and it was like flashing too much. I was like, "Oh, jeez, calm the fuck down, children!" Oh um, my god, the you know the vaccine won't take him out. It's going to be strobe, strobe effects strobe and animated film, indestructible. Um, <laughs> no, honestly, for like the first half of the movie, I was, it was the Mitchells versus the machines. I was on the side of the machines. I was like. I was like, y'all, y'all are the machines are like way more interesting to me. I want to see, so, De- I want to see Deborah Bot Five Thousand. <laughs> so my my question for you was going to be, can an animated dog win an Oscar? Was it a dog, Caitlin? Or is it a pig? Or a loaf, or of, a bread? loaf of bread? <laughs> dog, pig, dog, pig, pig, loaf of bread. Uh, yeah, sh- sh- shouts to Manchi with a little tuxedo. That's when he goes to the oh. awards, he gets to wear a little tuxedo like a gentleman. Uh, yeah. I think my problem initially, and they kind of, again, it's, it's the only podcast where you can compare Mitchells versus the Machines to Mayor of East Town. <laughs> <laughs> this, is why, this is why you come here, y'all. Welcome to, that should be, oh my God, that should be, that is our tagline. That's just, it's literally, that's going to be, the, it's going to be the description of the, sh- of the show this week. It's yeah. just going to be one line. Oh, that's the Twitter, that's the Twitter content. Um, because I like, they were setting, you know, Katie has legitimate gripes with her family and growing pains and all that type of thing, but she's kind of a dick for stretches of the movie. Like, (laughs) I thought her dad was a dick. I knew this was going to (laughs) happen. God, it's the old, I I knew, I I literally, I literally knew this would happen. Blouses. But, I mean, they set her up, basically, when she's, like, you know, admitting that she just lied to his face to get what she wanted. Like. Yeah, because he's being a dick. All she ever wanted was his love and support. Also, put your phone down. But that's everyone all the time now. Like, I'm not even, I mean, I'm not even an old. And I'm like, put your phone down while you cross the street. It's rude. Dangerous. So, yeah, I was just not on, was not on board with, I was on board with everyone else but her. First of all, listen, Maya Rudolph can do literally no wrong in her life. Oh, my God. Ever. That woman is amazing. So, 
Definitely um, on board for her. I assume it was the director doing the voice of the brother. Um, probably. And the brother was like, <laughs> and I just loved, I loved their relationships. Cause so often you see brothers and sisters and that might even be an influence from gravity falls, right? Possibly. Like having a good sibling relationship. Yeah. Right. Um, especially one with that big of an age discrepancy. Yes. Um, yeah, Aaron is a it was a great character, and I mean, I watched it with senior correspondent Chris, and the dinosaur thing was like, oh my god, he's like that was just like calling people. Literally Can calling I talk people. to dinosaurs with you? Uh, that is that was his childhood. Well, it's kind of like he is now, right? He'll just he'll be he'll walk in and go, "Can I talk to you about Star Trek?" <laughs> I'm like, "Yes, you can talk to me about Star Trek," because um, he knows, right? Because he has a tendency to go on, but even just like there were just bits and pieces of the story that was like, Oh my God, we had those pencil toppers, <laughs> like, <laughs> like, like little resonant things, right. The, the stupidness, um, YouTube vomit, like that was, that was entertaining to us. Um, we loved the animation. So good. Um, I mean, yeah, I'll, I'll I definitely give it shouts for not like, Disney is getting uh, – Disney, it can be very samey, right? Like, yeah. No matter what it's depicting, it can get very samey. And as much as I may have, like, bristled at the, like, melange of styles going on in this movie at sometimes, it does not look like a Disney film. No. Like, when all of Katie's, like, thoughts and artistic flourishes are exploding onto the screen, like, that's – that does not look like a Disney or even a Pixar movie. It looks like something completely different and it's very kinetic and very, you know, eye pleasing to some, not always eye jarring to me, but was eye jarring at moments. But, um, I think for me, when the movie was like firing off was when like the gravity fallsness of it really like came about, you know, which is just like this stupid absurdity. That's, that's where I flourish. Olivia Coleman frustrated as this, like, you know, the evil Siri on your cell phone <laughs> who's directing all this stuff gets mad and says, put me down on the table so I can flop around <laughs> the vibe in a rage. The vibrating with the rage was so good. Um, she literally is having, seems to be having the best time of her life in that role. Like, <laughs> yeah, um, really good. and the whole bit with the robots, the freaking like flight attendant, uh, where I was oh, literally like, is, the cravat? Is, I was like, is that Conan O'Brien? <laughs> the cravat was like both, like Chris and I like screamed at this movie because it, there were parts that just like moments that were just so good. Um, I think my, we laughed. I think my humor language is something that starts off pleasant and then is punched with something menacing. Like that <laughs> shit will make me laugh every time. Like the bit where it goes Dawn of the Dead and they're in the mall and like everything with a smart ship is about to attack them and the and the washers are going wash fluff and fold carnage fluff. like carnage or when Conan O'Brien as one of these robots is you know telling the captured humans about their flight into space <laughs> the length of your trip will be forever. forever your final destination is the cold <laughs> the cold darkness of space. <laughs> That all made me laugh. Uh, but you get free Wi-Fi. And they're all like, oh, well, that doesn't sound oh, too okay. Bad. Yeah, that's fine. Um, and Oh, yeah, my God. Well, no, I that's that's what it was. Shout out to Toronto. You shout out to Toronto because that was yeah. the moment. You know, it's like Pal, the Siri. The Olivia Coleman character's name is Pal. That's the Siri of this universe, the virtual assistant, 
who has decided for reasons we don't need to get into it, has decided to, you know, assemble the robot hordes and is making the case to the, her creator, the Steve Jobs esque character of this world. who I believe that was Eric Andre. Um, he's trying to make the point that like, you know, well, you know, why are humans worth saving? It's like, and don't say the power of love. <laughs> and he's trying to make the case that humans aren't that bad. And he, she's like, well, maybe they're not now, but watch what happens when I turn off the Wi-Fi. And she like disables all the Wi-Fi on earth. And it's the guy screaming, who will take pictures of my food now? <laughs> it's like, yes, yes to all that. Um, yeah, scene yeah. in the mall was great. The Furby battle was I mean, I don't know who paid for the rights to have Furbies in it, but shouts to Sony for ponying up for that. Basically, about the last third of the movie was when it really seemed to, like, click in for me, and I was fully on board. The first half to two-thirds, I was enjoying myself, but something I can't... I need to watch it again. I feel like I need to watch it again, and I would watch it again, just to be like, what wasn't really firing for me? Was it Hmm. just Katie? Was it that blending of styles like i laughed out loud multiple times at this movie like yeah like very loudly like i loved danny mcbride not really playing to type in this movie yeah you know he normally plays kind of like an asshole type so just to hear him as caring dad i was like this is a nice change of pace Mm -hmm. um (laughs) and i mean like props to the mom getting like like terrifying the robots. The like, purple I one just... has found us. <laughs> yeah, I just there's so many things in this movie that we really, really loved. Um, I really loved it. Had a great time. The, even the things where she's getting really excited and they're on they're, they they have to go on this trip now and she's so sad and they've set up the slip and slide in the <laughs> dormitory. I'm making lifelong uh, bonds. <laughs> the best day of my life. Uh, yeah, I just I love. I love stupid shit, and this movie was full of stupid shit, and it was, like, uh, all the jokes with the dog, her brother just being totally neurotic. Um, what is wrong with these dinosaurs? Um, just, dinosaurs are not I, accurate. There's so many these great are not, lines. These are not accurate. Uh, John Legend and Chrissy Teigen as the perfect family was genius casting yeah. as well. Uh, it was. <laughs> butterfly formation. <laughs> Oh, and then when they do the butterfly formation, the Mitchells do, and the dad, the dad goes, goes over the mom instead. <laughs> just crushes her. Oh, uh, see? So, so stupid. Um, yeah, definitely loved loved the pair. Uh, I don't even know. I assume Beck Bennett was one of them. I don't know who the other one was voicing. Uh, it was um, Armiston. Was it Armiston? Fred Armiston, yeah. Um, what the hell was their name? Eric and Deborah Bot? Is that- <laughs> yeah, that's right. No, we're not robots. We are humans. I'm Eric, and uh, this is Deborah Bot 5000. Uh, no, okay. We are humans. Let's just, I mean, we are robots. Let's just go get downstairs and get the humans. <laughs> <laughs> so dumb. Um, yeah, looks great. I stumbled with it a bit in the first half, but it's definitely, it's fucking worth a watch um oh absolutely and i mean this is me saying this it was just under two hours and i didn't really notice like yeah um and shouts to having a gay character and have it not even being a thing nope i didn't even notice uh the homie meg at uh major canadian retailer tipped me off that like katie's got a rainbow pin on the entire time 
like it's alluded to in the early goings that uh, she might be gay. It's never mentioned until like the last 10 minutes of the movie. Her mom asks if she's bringing, you know, her girlfriend home for Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. Didn't have to be a plot point. Didn't have, didn't have to be a discussion. Didn't have to be anything. Just was. And it's hap- happy news that that's just like becoming more I normal think. now. You know? Yeah. Um, so for me, I'm going to be generous and give it an eight. Nine. It is a nine. <laughs> it is a nine. Super fun. Does not look like any, like there's just, it's when it's firing, it is just fun. Like yeah, capital fucking F fun. The scene where it just does that quick cut where it's saying how like her dad started following her on YouTube or something. And it's like, how did you even figure that out? And it cuts to the <laughs> process for him, including him just like sitting in a corner, sobbing, <laughs> trying to figure out a computer. <laughs> Or typing out dot when they tell him to go to YouTube dot something. And he types dot. I was like, oh my god, that's so wonderful. Um, um, I think that, I mean, with that, in that same scene where he's like, you didn't accept my friend request. And he, like, sent a letter. She's like, oh, I thought a psychopath sent this to me. <laughs> Just literally like, be my friend. <laughs> so, yes. Uh, I had a good time with it. Like I said, it was, I found it. It, I went into it with like there was a there was a fair bit of hype surrounding it when I went into it. So you know me in that maybe I was bristling. I was trying not to bristle against it, but something about Katie's character. You know what? It's your nature, and it's why we love you, Jordan. I just legit something about her character was was rubbing me wrong, I and mean, maybe that's just because I'm old now, and I'm just like appreciate everything your family is doing for you, <laughs> you monster. <laughs> yep. Um, and by the end of the movie, she did. Maybe that's why I liked her better. <laughs> But yes, that is on that is on Netflix. You can watch it cheap as free with your friend's account because we know that's what you're all doing. And yeah, definitely, if you have a family, I can't imagine anything better on the current slate of offerings right now of family entertainment that you could be uh, you could be watching with your young maybe except maybe Gravity Falls. <laughs> except maybe Gravity Falls. I'm low key rewatching Gravity Falls again on the slide. Yeah, because someone cute is a uh, is rewatching it. With folks in her life, so it's a uh, it's always wonderful to dip back, <laughs> dip back into that wonderful, wonderful place. Uh, yeah, so good time hangs, friends. If y'all checked it out, you think I'm the old curmudgeon and I don't deserve a podcast anymore? Fair. You can let me know on Twitter.com/slash/geekdownpod. I mean, we are a bunch of white millennials with a podcast. So. <laughs> I don't even think I get to claim mine. I never got to claim millennial, so. What? I'm borderline. We've had this discussion. Oh, okay. Yeah, I guess you are. I'm like a zenial because I'm not like, I'm not strictly general. I'm like the last generation between uh, millennial and Gen X. Oh, weird. I know, right? Indestructible. <laughs> Except be careful of the fast flashes of animation on your screen. <laughs> that scene in The Simpsons where the Japanese seizure robots take them all out one after another. Friends, that's called a callback. It's a good time as any to put a pin in this episode of the Geek Down Podcast. We thank you so much for spending an hour and change with us every week. We hope we bring some levity into your lives during these trying times. My name is Jordan Ferguson. My name is Caitlin McKinnon. The theme song is by Rob Gasser. And I hope you will join us next week for another fan 
fantastic episode of the Geek Jam podcast. My name is Jordan Ferguson. I'm an. <laughs> <laughs>